Patty Oaks, and we're gonna make the beginnings. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today is Monday. And this is Bacon and Eggs. So put on your mask. And don't kill the child. Because today we're bringing you The Mandalorian. Season one, chapter one. Does it have a name? They have the names, child. right? This is not. I don't no. know. There's a different episode called The Child. I'm pretty sure. No, maybe they don't have names. I thought they had names. Oh, they definitely have names, don't they? I, you know, I didn't even get this far to be honest. To be honest with you, season one, episode. One. Wow, yeah, no, nothing. Chapter one. Chapter one. The boy who lived. Mr. and Mrs. Vernon Dursley of <laughs> number four Privet Drive were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. I believe it was. Uh, we're proud to say that they were perfectly normal in every way. Thank you very much. Whatever. Whatever. I've decided. Practically perfect in every way. Have you listened to the, uh, let's get to bacon and eggsing. Because we only have so much time. This is so much a shorter oh, show. Oh, right. Yeah. Oof, uh, wolf. <laughs> uh, first episode is directed by, no, it wasn't directed by Dave Filoni, was it? It was absolutely directed by Dave Filoni. I thought it was directed by John Favreau. It's Dave produced Filoni. by John Favreau and written by John Favreau. It is not directed by John Favreau. TV shows be different. This whole thing is confusing. I, it's confusing. Uh, it was, came out November 12th, 2019, which is really 142 days ago. 142 seemed, days ago. Seems like we've had the Mandalorian for way less time than that but also it feels like 2019 well, also, was 10 years eight ago weeks later yeah that's true so and just started in the uk so hello we're right on with you except i saw it back in november yeah, well, me too but i got a 90 percent critic rating on rotten tomatoes out of 78 scores uh 70 of them were positive eight were negative uh, i have a positive review of the first episode oh i closed rotten tomatoes accidentally go ahead and read your positive review while i come up with that uh this is from eric deggins at npr he's a top critic of i suppose tv shows these are all different names that i've never seen before <laughs> He says, quote, The Mandalorian, quote, though is a well-crafted, compelling series that's the perfect ambassador for Disney+. Plus. An old favorite wrapped in a new story that leaves you hungry for the next episode. I have a, a negative review from Sam Adams of Slate that just says, 39 minutes of mediocre Star Wars. Okay, Ethan, I want to get right into it. My first go-round with The Mandalorian, I felt about how Sam Adams felt. I have been nearly bored to tears watching this episode both times. I'll tell you this. But like, I, I enjoyed a lot, a lot of the rest of the episodes. I just had not, I, I, this episode has failed to hook me both times. I liked it considerably more the second time around, which is what I'm doing now. Because uh, I remember when I watched it the first time I got on Twitter and like Twitter had exploded. It was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I watched I it like, like six weeks later. I was like, yeah, I was like scared to be like, is it though? Which makes me feel so bad because I, I really do love Star Wars. And and my second go around, it took me all day to watch this 39 minute episode of television, uh, partially because I was busy today, but also partially because I couldn't sit down and watch the whole thing i watched it in 39 straight minutes like uh um, 40 minutes ago <laughs> approximately we're, like, we're recording at nine what is it 8 20 okay it, it, was, it was like it was eight o'clock on the dot i think when i sat down <laughs> to watch it um but i liked it a lot more this time around reading through a lot of the reviews a lot of people they, they didn't love it they uh like this this top review number one review from brian talarico at RogerEber.com. so a real name. He says, the premiere is good enough to keep me watching, forgettable enough that I doubt I want to watch this specific episode again. Which is like, just not how you want your positive reviews of your 
pilot of your Star Wars show to come yeah, out. Yeah, but as. I I totally agree with that though, and I think you have you have several tiers of people and how they liked this episode. So you have like the uh, the completely just uninitiated fan base that's like, oh, it's a Disney Plus show, I'm gonna watch it, and they're like, cool, space cowboys, space the one. Really cool space cowboy. And then you have your group of people that are like, not the world's biggest Star Wars fan, but I do like television. And they're like, ah, eh, that was all right. And then you have your your peop your your Star Wars but not television fans that were like Star Wars, uh, love it. And then That's I think you have your diehard Star Wars fans. There's the there's that upper echelon of Star Wars fans that were just like. This isn't Star Wars. It is Star Wars, though. I thought it was unapologetically Star Wars. I wrote a note in my notebook because I, I wanted to pay a lot more attention to the show than I do the movies that we watch. Because I felt like I have 39 minutes of show. I should be able to, like, really digest something here. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote, this isn't your daddy's Star Wars. This is your dad's Star Wars. This is, like, this is my dad's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is Star, so Star Wars is the, you know, the space opera, big epic fantasy. You know, it's it's not sci-fi because it's bigger than that kind of thing. Whereas this it's is, like, fantasy this, is, for this sure. is literally a space western. Yeah, there's no, there's no sabers. Yeah, there's no say. It's, like, this, but it's, it's it goes well beyond that it's literally it is it shares so much with like a lot of the westerns they made in the mid of mid century of last century and it shares almost none of those things as well like on one hand it has all of the same elements as you see in all those Clint Eastwood movies the good the bad and the ugly a fistful of dollars and I think it probably this single episode probably cost five times as much as every Sergio Leone movie ever made put together oh uh, yeah for sure like John Favreau got more money for this than Clint Eastwood did for like his first 10 movies yeah 100% that, that being said, just for this I, episode, this so we've done a couple pilots on this show on on our uh, bonus show, and I will say this about streaming service shows and like dramas that I prefer over network shows in that it's just a thirty nine minute movie. Like they put that much thought into the the angles and the sets and the shots and the dialogue. It's just like a thirty nine minute not that good movie. Oh, this thing is absolutely beautiful. It's very very well shot and right. very beautiful. I think... And it does... It draws you right into to Star Wars. It does do the, like, Dark Knight thing where it was like, not only is this Star Wars, but look at these gritty stormtroopers. It's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. Well, they're post-war stormtroopers. Look at these gritty bounty hunters. Look at these gritty job job of the hut slave creature things that are being roasted. So gritty. Oh, yeah. Just relish in the grit. I'm really pooping all over this. I will say that I, I watched it today and I was like, Man, I love Star Wars. So this is, uh, as far as westerns go, this is your white guy fights against Mexicans western, as opposed to my white guy fights against Indians western. Like you saying this is your grittier sort of western? Okay, I, I've I've seen so few westerns, I have no idea. So like. You know, it is literally, it takes the formula of one of these, like, Clint Eastwood westerns where he's not the good guy. Like, he is. He's the protagonist. And he's probably more good than the rest of them. But, like, just barely. And makes some very questionable decisions along the way. He's, yes. you know, your anti-hero. Yeah. And is just, like, racist. And, you know, you have all these different sort of... I, you haven't watched Westworld either. I'm trying to. You gotta watch some westerns, man. They're they're, they're good. They're fun. They're fun times. You would enjoy what about them. Just Star Wars, you know? Because you've seen Star Wars a lot. I know. So I love Star Wars. Do you feel like putting? Speaking of Star Wars and uh, our new podcast, Late to the Party, you were just talking about that. 
I think. I was not, but okay. Ah, well, I, well, I'm pretty sure you were. I was uh, talking about Clint Eastwood movies, actually. Where does Mando fall on an alignment chart? Lawful evil. That's what I said. Yeah, lawful the, evil. Lawful evil is exactly what I said, was that like... Or maybe lawful neutral. So they, so I have an alignment chart pulled up. But it's, it's up his on, law, though. It's not like, it's not well, the it's, it's law. The, it's the Mandalorian law. Yeah, it's code. It's not, it's not the capital L law. Right. What I'm looking at has him pegged as neutral good, but I don't think that he's good. I guess the argument they're making is... Certainly not in this episode or very early on in the series. I mean, this is a wild direction to go. I'm going to try not to spoil this because like we beyond the first episode because people have probably never seen it before. But this is a this is a wild direction for Star Wars to go. Like this series was not at all what I thought it was going to be in any way. No, it's not. It's it's way more. I guess stripped down is the right word. It's stripped down and it's more story driven than I was expecting. Yes, I was expecting like this is after the fall of the Mandalorians. I was not expecting that. I was expecting like a society of Mandalorians beyond a group of people living in the sewers in right. some crappy city. Like I was expecting like a planet of these people. Well, so this is the this is the thing is is you got to think for every you know for every single one of those old westerns there was also an eastern you know like there was still New York out there the, the cities were still going on it was the middle of the you know mid to late eighteen hundreds in most of these movies like we had civilization and the industrial revolution and trains and. Sh- and they had saloons. Right. It's like they are on the outer reaches, which is literally like the 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 whole area that Star Wars exists in, especially in some of the, in this thing is like the this is a part of the galaxy that is sort of untouched by the war. Right. Where like and it's that, it's like, Argentina, man. You can get away with uh you know being a stormtrooper. Why would you elect to be a stormtrooper? I guess it's good work, maybe. <laughs> Well, so this was the thing is like in, in in these movies, you know, every now and then your 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 outlaw hero would come up against like a group of Confederate soldiers after the war that are just then, that are just posted up in a town in in outside Mesa, Arizona, and just ruining everything because they they don't know the war's over or because they refuse to admit that the war's over. Oh, you know, they were a they were a battalion lost out of Oklahoma and you know whatever they 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 fly the flag but they respond to no government, which is what these stormtroopers are, are doing. These, these, this guy, the Empire. The pirates. No, Mando's the pirate. Mando's the pirate, yeah. He's not neutral good. That's why Although, this, that's why this doesn't match up, this, why, why this matches up better with Westerns and piracy, is because, like, he's the pirate, but they're not pirates. They're kind of pirates. The Stormtroopers are not pirates. Well, they're like the East India Company. No, no, because that's a, that's a government. That's, that's a, that's the like big, a, that's the big bad. That is man versus society. State. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is you know man versus man yeah. or man versus 12 men is it 12 men where, where did we get 12 men i just that's how many looked like they were in that room i don't know there's a group of stormtroopers he opens the door and there's a bunch of stormtroopers being like hey <laughs> put that back there's four of them they say your odds are four to one uh yeah but you get there's there's dr pershing there's grief carga you got these names down i just watched the episode me too i, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know man uh what did, what did you think of taika watiti's character the droid the ig unit i thought it was the dumbest thing ever to put him in this episode. It's like introduce him that early on. Not even that, just because he he dies. Have you seen this show? Yeah, I'm trying not to spoil everything, Tyler. <laughs> Uh, I'm 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 giving you my thoughts from when I watched it for the first time. I was like, well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah, for him to just die. I mean, it gave you that moment of what I thought was interesting about the IG unit was that it was like, oh, time to kill the child, and that wasn't the assignment. At least not the one that the Mandalorian got was that it was like twice as good pay if he brought it back alive. Yeah, but that's also 
a tell. That's telling. That shows you that there's maybe we're not all getting the same side of the story. Oh, yeah, that, that Dr. Pershing wants it alive. Right. Other people might not. Yeah, and it's just, you know, he's a trope. This movie exists entirely in tropes, or this episode, exi- this TV show exists entirely in established tropes. Yes. So you have your new outlaw guy that's just, you know, by the book, first job, gonna get it done this way, goes in guns blazing, doesn't care what happens, and ends up having to be saved by our hero. He is my hero. Is he? I I like his early stage armor. I like the costumes I love so much in this show because it looks like the best cosplay you'd ever see in real life, and then like just a step further. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's not like, like the costumes would be stepped up a little bit if this was like a Star Wars movie. Well, I mean, that, that lends itself to the whole, like, again, this is the Outer Rim kind of thing. Like, they're scrambling this this armor together from Beskar earned on jobs. Yes, but also, like, the like the clothes that he wears beneath it still don't look like the world's best costume designer put them together. You know what I mean? Well, that's because it's TV. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's what I like about it. I like I liked that element of it. Yeah, it's like the... You can go back and read the article from GQ about the fashion designers in the first season of Mad Men, where they were like, we couldn't afford good clothes. Right. We had to make these dudes look rich on a men's warehouse budget. Like, Yeah. And Don kept shirts at his desk. Yeah. Don kept shirts like in packages. In his desk. What a cool dude. Why is Don Draper our hero? The man is terrible. Everybody in that show is terrible. There's no good people in that show. That's why. <laughs> They're all mad. Oh, I, I get it. Oh, that show. That's a pilot sauce episode waiting to happen. The problem with the with the true dramas is that the pilot sauce episodes end up having to be 40 minutes long. Yeah, but like that one. Smoke, it's in your eyes. Oh, it's a good episode. That's a good pilot. Okay, so I, I do think, like I said, this is not my favorite episode of television that's ever happened by any means. I don't, I think it's probably like my least or second least favorite episode of the series, which is weird for, for a first episode, especially of a, a TV show that comes out once a week, even if it's on a streaming service. Like you, I feel like this was a weak hook. Yeah. I don't think that it failed by any means. I don't like, either. It, and it got, <laughs> but like, you know, rating it a 90% against what? I guess just like to set the story up, it did a good job. It, did, well, it hits so, all the necessary beats. It shows you what Mando stands for, how he operates, that he's not afraid to kill for his job. Yeah, he kills a lot of people in this episode. And we don't, and one, you know, we don't necessarily get I his love, motivations. I, I feel like we get, yeah, we, we it doesn't quite set him up the way that I want him to, but it does tell you that like he No, I think not revealing his dark motivation is a good thing. Like it's the first episode of it. Of it it's 40 minutes of an eight episode long show that has 40 minutes per episode. Like that's much longer than a movie. I think you can make it through because this is like a third of an act, basically. Right. But we do know that he's like striving to protect some order, like that the Mandalorians have fallen and that he is part of the, you know, the the, the dying breed. But you also definitely get the fact that he is not a like native or true Mandalorian. Even before, no, I do, even I, before I do he think says, that was interesting. Yeah, you you get that idea partially. I think because he's not wearing like it sounds like they have to earn every piece of their best car, and he's wearing yeah. like secondhand stuff. Well, it's it's not even that so much that like everybody seems to know more about the Mandalorian than he does. Oh, do you like, think so? Like when I he goes and meets with Karga, was... and and the dude has this idea of like the Mandalorian armor should only be worn by a Mandalorian. It's good to see the best car back in the hands of a Mandalorian. He's just kind of like sure, and the dude's like, eh, you know, when uh, when. Uh, uh, Quill is telling him he, he needs to... That's right, Quill? Quill's the guy's name? Nick Nolte? Yeah. Uh, is telling him he needs to be able to ride the Blurg. And he's just you're like, you're the Mandalorian. Your your ancestors rode the Mythosaur. Which is an awesome name. Yeah, and it's like, you get this experience that he's kind of living life as a Mandalorian, but like he's not necessarily... You know, he didn't grow up with Mandalorian parents. He didn't grow up probably in the 
order as it was standing. I think it's more of uh, like a parallel to Anakin where he kind of like was taken in not as like a teenager even, but not as like a toddler. Like he has clear, vivid memories from prior to joining the order. Right. Which is always bad for your rank and file soldiers. Right. I mean, Anakin did not turn out well. Did not turn out no. well. He Mace did. Windu, Hondo P. Correct. <laughs> uh, it was a bad idea. Uh, just to break down the tomato meter, it was a 7.76 average rating, which I think is, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely better than most episodes of most TV shows that are on. And any given week. Yeah. I think it's better than the How I Met Your Mother pilot. Maybe not in terms of like Ted Steele's Blue French Horn, but like the acting and no, obviously. No, but it's, it's no, it's no Breaking Bad pilot. It's no Lost pilot. It's no Mad Men pilot. No, I would agree with that entirely. It's definitely better than the first episodes of some streaming TV shows that I've seen. It's not as good as the Stranger Things pilot. Man, I love Stranger Things. Stranger Things pilot's a sick episode. Yeah. Will Byers goes missing. Yeah. Uh-huh. What did you, okay. So I want to know, I feel like we talked about a lot about The Mandalorian, but we haven't talked about baby yoda or the child because he's not in this episode i mean there was i i it was spoiled for me before i watched it that there was a oh baby I, yoda. I again i watched this i started watching it like six weeks in yeah i feel like i was not i think it was week three i watched the first three episodes oh i had seen five hundred thousand baby yoda memes by the time i saw this episode like yes. i knew about the i knew about the cup i knew about the you know everything he does but what do you think of baby yoda love him absolutely love him really love him is the best thing (laughs) he's just like it's such a weird way for this show to have gone stop hiccuping what in the world (laughs) you gotta gotta, um take a cup full of water and a paper (sighs) towel and And drink drink it upside out (laughs) what what huh huh what did you say drink it upside out oh no you just gotta drink the water through the paper towel like you put a paper towel over the top of the water and you just drink the water through the paper towel you have to will yourself against the the hiccups is what you have to do (sighs) i I mean i don't think you can just generally you can't just like kind of grin and bear it But it's like, I expected Star I did not Wars, expect baby freaking Yoda. Epic space battles. I did not expect baby Yoda and like the heartwarming tale of, you know, an unexpected single dad just trying to get by. Right. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about so far is the uh, carbon freezing. I always thought that, that doing that to Han Solo was like an accident, which I guess it was. That was before this. But he just does that for I like I don't think fun. it was an accident. They were like, you might die. Yeah. Well, he seems to do it with like not a care. Though. I guess he doesn't care if they die. But- Boba Fett's not a... F- Mandalorian! I'm not saying Boba Fett is. That's why he might have died, because Boba Fett doesn't know what he's doing! Boba Fett's a stupid character. Uh, yes, I agree. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, Boba Fett is a bad bounty hunter. He does everything wrong. Like, Han Solo potentially dying is probably a side effect of Boba Fett being bad at it. And I'm sure John Favreau watched that and thought about, like, I'm gonna show that my Mandalorian's good at- <laughs> He is good at stuff. He is indeed. He's bad at being, in the first episode, he's bad at being a relatable protagonist that I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, I will agree with that. Uh, I do like that they showed that the the Blurg, like, tries to eat his arm off. Like, the, the, like he like he fails, basically. Yeah. That's about the only relatable thing, is that he's a failure in some things. I just, I was I relate, so excited I for... I feel like a failure, you know? That's I, what... <laughs> I was so excited for Pedro Pascal to be in this, uh, in this show as the lead, as the guy behind the mask. Because in, he was like my favorite character in 
in Game of Thrones, like the whole show. And he was on there for like eight episodes. But he is the most vibrant, like loud, outgoing character in that show. And then in this one, he's just kind of like, I hate everything. I'm not going to take my mask off. Yeah. He's a little bit loud and vibrant during the uh, that battle scene towards the end with the IG unit. Yeah. I do like the IG unit. Yeah. This is hard. Having watched the whole show, it's hard not to ruin things. <laughs> Baby Yoda comes back in another episode. I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that. Even the I, people that haven't uh, seen this are aware of Baby Yoda. What do you, like, uh, mm, uh, I wish there was more lightsabers. I feel like they have to, like, struggle in all the movies to have a lightsaber ignite in every single one. Whereas they don't have to struggle in, like, the nine franchise films. But in the two stories, they have to find a way to get, like, Vader to light up his saber. And then Darth Maul to light up his saber. And uh, I just want sabers in every episode. I love the fact that there are not sabers. Uh, I love the fact that there are not Jedi. You don't like the Jedi? I... Did I say that? I don't know. What do you, where, where, where do you get off? I'm just enjoying, I enjoy the fact that this is just like, it's the same way I feel about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. There's no pressure for this to be anything. There's no source material for this to live up to. It doesn't come in between anything that I care about. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it doesn't tell the story that happens right before A New Hope. It it's is got, just, it exists in the universe. It's got a lot of fun fan service that's not the uh, the only problem with The Force Awakens fan service stuff, which is like, like, there's no blue milk, but there is like the IG unit is a character from the, the TV shows and the video games. The sound of all the like blurgs dying, not the blurgs, but the, the guy, the, the ro- what are they called at the end? The people at the end. Every time they die, that's a sound from like Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, so I liked all that stuff. That stuff all made me really, really happy. So it was fan service to the nerd. <laughs> Yeah. It's fan service to like, yeah. Like, they were like, they just McClane announced that uh, Jedi this. Academy was coming to the Nintendo Switch. Get out of town. Like, a remaster or like straight up. <laughs> I think like Jedi the OG. Acad- it's like that and the pod racing game and maybe a couple of the other ones. Oh, so I stopped hiccuping, but now my body is like, are really coming to the hiccup. Switch. <laughs> Jedi Academy was the best Star Wars game ever. I didn't play KOTOR, though. Yeah, I used to play Nice Zelda Republic on the Super Carlin Gaming Channel, and, uh... Then you stopped. Well, the hard drive died, so... Did it? Yeah. So, I mean, in theory, like, there's not that much stuff that you can, like, variant in that game, so I could just, like, get back to that point and then keep going, but, uh, I haven't done that. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm cool with this not having Jedi or lightsabers or any of that because I just enjoy the story being existing in this universe and the closest thing we're getting to a connection is stormtroopers that aren't even stormtroopers they are not stormtroopers we also get the Mandalorian which I feel like uh, you mentioned Boba Fett and I was like oh yeah Boba Fett looks like these guys doesn't he He wears the Mandalorian armor, but he is not a true Mandalorian. No, and he doesn't have, like, like, Jango Fett had at least the cool stuff. I don't think Jango Fett was a Mandalorian either. I think that was the thing. Is it, like, Boba Fett's a, a worse, because he's a clone. Yeah, he's just a, a clone that didn't get the, the speed at aging program. You know how they, um, how they did the remaster of where they gave him, they gave Boba Fett the, like, the voice of Jango Fett from the prequels? Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool, though. I would be okay with them just, like, dubbing in Taika Waititi doing that. Like being Django <laughs> Fett, just having him record the scenes and then just like badly pasting him over top <laughs> of the of the Django Fett scenes. Or they could just get. I mean, it was all green screen. They could just have Taika Waititi and and uh, Ewan McGregor just like stand in a green room. This was all green screen, which is wild. Was it really? Oh yeah, dude. This is like Avengers Endgame green screen. I didn't notice. Where like the whole thing. I mean, obviously CGI has gotten good. Yeah, I liked the whole thing. Like I know we kind of pooped on it a little bit, but I'm really excited to be watching it again. 
<laughs> it's just not that great of an episode. Like, I, I enjoy the show. It's a little slow, just like sort of throughout the whole thing. It is paced super slow. Yeah. What did you think of the, uh, the, the blue guy at the beginning where they were like, let's eat him? I didn't think about him that much. <laughs> He just kept talking about pooping the whole time. It was like, I've got to release my glands. Hold on, I'm molting. <laughs> yeah, because he's doing gross alien things. Like, Star Wars <laughs> writers have always thought that that was interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. He is a she. I think she is a changeling. And it's like, you can just say whatever you want, and it sounds like Star Wars. Yeah, I love Star when, Wars. When, uh, what's his name? Grief Karga is like, well, I can pay you in calamari flan, but that will, yeah. <laughs> I can only give you half. And I'm like, those are foods. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just two normal-ish <laughs> foods. <laughs> kind of fringe, but would be on the menu at a Who variety restaurant. Uh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, that's his name. Carl Weathers and Werner Herzog. I liked Werner Herzog's character. Yeah, I don't know what that... I've heard him talk a couple times. Like, I watched his uh, masterclass on masterclass.com. I have no idea where that accent comes from. Is that how he talks? Yeah, that's how he talks, like, all the time. That's just his normal voice. That's cool. Yeah. Sounds like german -y. Yeah, but it's, like, not, though. <laughs> like, he's clearly German, but it's, like, weird German. You ever thought about moving to Germany? I've never thought about moving to Germany. No, I'm not thinking about moving anywhere right now. No, yeah, I'm thinking about moving from this room to my bedroom. I'm probably gonna move to my living room, play some Animal Crossing. Good job. Well, you should have claimed it when you got the game. I didn't realize I could only have one account. Is oh, that true? Well, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like They announced that like sense. a year ago. Well, I, I wasn't reading that news. Here's a little uh, cool little um, Werner Herzog Bacon and Eggs tie-in. Werner Herzog directed Rescue Dawn. <gasps> no way. The original t and &E movie club. The original Original T and E movie club. Yeah, he directed uh directed Rescue Dawn. Uh, you remember what was so challenging about that was that we would go to the freaking five dollar bin and be picky as heck and be like, can't just watch any of these. Gotta pick the right one. Yeah, we picked the weird movie about Christian Bale and Steve Zahn being POWs. We could have probably watched like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Something not terrible. Back to the Future. Yeah. No oh, well. You live and you learn. One day we're gonna have to cover Rescue Dawn on this show. I don't think we are. I think we are. I think one day we're going to have to revisit it. I, I feel like not doing war movies has been a pretty good brand so far. I mean, we do except Star Wars. For, I was going to say, except for Star Wars. I mean, I think Rescue Dawn was less violent than most of the Marvel movies. Well, the Marvel movies are a different kind of war movie. We did Civil War. We did The that, Hunger Games. That's about war, terrible war. Dude, The Hunger Games is wild. That whole concept is messed up. Also, District 12 represent. Haha, <laughs> Katniss. Do, do, do. Yeah, we do live smack in the middle of District 12. <laughs> All right, do you have any thoughts, more thoughts on The Mandalorian? No, I don't think I do. I, I really enjoyed this format, though. There's no rating. There's no, I guess we could still do a breakfast food, but there's no, like, big board or... No, we're not doing a breakfast food. No? No, we're not doing a breakfast food. We're just talking about episodes. I think it's calamari flan. It's calamari <laughs> flan. <laughs> Two foods that do not go together. Ugh. I bet it'd be fine. It would not be fine. Have you had flan? Have you had fried anything? Because that's all calamari is. It's just, okay, yes, it's, what is it, squid? Yeah. Okay, But sure. it's okay, but it's not fried anything. It's not fried chicken. It's not a fried donut. It's fried squid. Like, it, it is a different texture, it tastes different, and it's not going to mix with, like, aggressively sweet vanilla goop. Goop? I bet if you salt it enough, it'd be just fine. I don't think it would, man. Like, that is just not, like... 
Okay, yeah, chicken and waffles and syrup is good. I wouldn't put chicken and flan. <laughs> I, well, I we're gonna have to try it now. Honestly, Calamari I probably flan. wouldn't put like flan and waffles. <laughs> no, that is so sweet. It's just cake and more cake. Flan is a cake, but you would do calamar. I mean, flan is like Jello cake. Yeah, but it, it, flan has got a specific sort of texture and flavor palette. That I, mixing it with calamari is is one of the more abhorrent things I've ever heard in my life. Like calamari flan sounds like a, a thing that they would eat on GMM. We're doing it. Nope, we're not on Good Mythical Bacon and nope. eggs. Negative, negative. No, thank you. Remember that time that you uh, ate just cocoa powder? Sure do. Yeah, like these are bad ideas. <laughs> Doing it for the clicks, man. I'm doing it for the clicks. I don't want the clicks. I don't want those clicks. <laughs> I want to be that part of YouTube. Eats weird. <laughs> but is it Rhett and Link YouTube? No, I think I would have to go the Rhett and Link version of that and not the like eats bull Yo, testicles. Yo, what's up, bro? YouTube, this is EE69 coming right at you. What's good? This is the Calamari Flan Challenge. Uh, yeah, I think I couldn't do that. Yo, what the deal is, I got this from ex-youtuber on TikTok. What's up? Well, the deal is you gotta eat fried calamari and flan in one bite. After this, check out my webinar series on how to make it big on YouTube. The YTA method. Uh, okay. Yo, as a 5,000 subscriber giveaway, I'm gonna be giving away calamari flan. No, these are the dudes that'd be like, as a 5,000 subscriber giveaway, I'm giving away like $5,000 Jordans. Yeah, that's like, that's the 5,000 subscriber challenge is for them to eat the flan. I eat the flan. You know when you could do video replies on YouTube? What a time. No, what I don't time. remember that. No, it was like 07. Okay. Actually, you could do it on the Super Carlin Brothers channel at one point. So that would have been at least 2012. I trust you. Anyway, Bacon and Eggs is a production of WBNE. Our theme song, maybe, is <laughs> Abandoned Ship or Abandoned All Hope by Four Years Strong. Our producers are Tyler Carlin and Ethan Edgehill. Your hosts are Tyler Carlin and Ethan Edgehill. It's crazy how that works. This bonus show will come out every Monday for the next seven weeks, I guess. This is confusing. There's eight episodes. There's eight episodes of this show. That's how it works. One a week. So this week and the next seven weeks, yeah. Yes. Okay. Just, you know what I mean. Thank you for watching. <laughs> Liking, to, commenting, and subscribing. I tried subscribing. to put listening and watching into one verb. For some reason, I came up with Lodging. watching. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time to spin the wheel of mythicality. It's not, though. No. It's it's time for you to... It's time for you to go listen to episode... It's time for you to go listen to a different episode of Bacon and Eggs, starring Carrie Pegg, formerly of the Nerdium podcast, on Star whom, Wars and New Hope. Whom we've talked about so much lately, and today he tweeted at me. Did I he? I miss him. Yeah. Well, Nerdium's gone. I know. Rest Somebody in peace. asked me today how to find Nerdium, and it cannot be found. That makes me sad. Yep. Anyway, go listen to the Star Wars New Hope and every other Star Wars episode, because Star Wars is great, and we do stars and wars. I don't know. I'm Ethan Edgehill. He's Tyler Carlin. And until next time, Arrivederci. Abandoning self-destruct sequence.